Bullshit is everywhere. Bullshit. Bullshit is rampant. Total fucking bullshit. B -b bullshit. This makes no fucking sense. It's just bullshit. Fuck. Bullshit. This is bullshit. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as bad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore! Welcome back to Bullshit Filtering of the News, episode 19. This day of the Trump presidency, 611. Oh Ray. my God. It's felt like so much longer. How's your uh, Mueller probe going? How's the probe going over there, Ray? Uh, 611 days they've had to uh, prove that the uh, Trump campaign yeah. colluded yeah. with... Vladimir Putin yeah. uh, and all the Russians to uh, uh, fix their American election. 611 days, we've got nothing. Well, actually, yeah, that's look, we've got, not true. What have we got? What have we, we got, got in terms of collusion? Well, well, okay, hold on. you got you got to do this right way. An investigation like this is peeling an onion layer by layer. It's slow. It's boring. It's, it's methodical. And it stinks. Don't get me wrong. But we are finally getting to a point where... Um, see, the latest thing I heard was Michael Cohen can't quite remember what he told Trump about the meeting. Uh, Paul Manafort said he might have mentioned the, the upcoming meeting between you know him and the Russians to Trump. So the the point is, um, and I'd completely agree with you if you just stop right now, it doesn't look like a lot's going on, but it certainly. Um, produced more results than the Benghazi investigation, but the point is, these things take time, and I think, and I think, like you, we were saying a couple of weeks ago, uh, Mueller and um, your buddy from New York who smokes cigars, G um, I can't remember his name right now, the Trump's lawyer. You know, I mean, Rudy, Rudy Giuliani. Giuliani. These, these guys are methodical. These guys are tough. They're animals. They know what they're doing, and you never, and they never show their hand. Every every time I watch a report, they're always like, "How much do you want to bet Mueller already knows this?" And so, to me, we're about to find out. I don't think this last year and a half or whatever it is has been a waste. I, I think we're about to find, you know, relatively about to find out what Trump knew because everybody is turning on him to save themselves. I don't dismiss it yet. Yeah. Well, as you yeah, as you know, my best guess is it's got nothing to do with Russians and collusion. Yeah. No one, everyone knows. Yeah. There's no collusion. I don't think there's a smoking. It gun. was just. Right. It, it it was a way to uh, start picking apart uh, Trump's connections with the Russian mafia and uh, mm. get him on fraud. They're going to get him on something because he's dirty, right. no doubt about it. Filthy, filthy, <laughs> filthy dirty. But uh, <laughs> nothing to do with collusion. But anyway, 611 days yeah. you've had a President Trump. Yeah. A lot of people said he'd be gone within three months. Um, I, in fact, thought he would get bored within yeah, three months. Yeah, I'm out. And, like, it'd be too, yeah. too, he'd be exhausted, be too hard. <laughs> Uh, there we are, six well, and eleven. He did, he did say he did say it was harder than he thought. And I thought when spring came and he could play golf all the time, you're right, mm. he would just leave office. Yeah, which is what your wife said to you on your wedding night. It's harder than I thought. Uh, looking at you, uh, first story I wanted to talk about today. I just read I just read this this morning and added it to the list. So I apologise for the late notice. Um, you didn't have a chance to read it. Not that. It would have made a difference. Read the rest of the right. stories that I put on the list exactly, yeah. but um, Matt Taibbi, one of my favourite uh, investigative, <coughs> is that a word? Investigative. Fuck, it's too early in the morning to say that. Journalists uh, writing for the Rolling Stone uh, came out with a story. Ten years after the crash, we've learned nothing. 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 Yeah. Uh, this is actually a couple of weeks ago. This story came out. September 13th, 2008 was the day the uh, global financial crisis kicked into uh, full gear yeah. um, when all the banks started to collapse. And he's written a good story this, um, just talking about the myths about the global financial crisis that have persisted mm. and the the propaganda and the spin that's been built up around it uh, that persist after all these years. 
Um, the first myth he talks about is that the crash was an accident. He said that it's been referred to as a thousand-year flood, right. one of these things that was caused by irrational panic and hysteria, and no, no. Uh, no one, no one could have seen it coming, etc., <laughs> etc. Et um, yeah, that's what he says. Complete bullshit. Movies and books have come out that have propagated this myth and he says uh but if you actually look at the facts it's bullshit um the fbi warned as far back as 2004 that what they called liars loans were epidemic that's a quote and would cause a quote financial crisis if not addressed um cnn told the public of the fbi warning of a next snl crisis going so far as to identify the top 10 hotspots for mortgage fraud georgia south carolina florida michigan illinois missouri california nevada utah and colorado places that ended up being rocked by mass foreclosures when the crisis Mm -hmm. hit a myth number two he says is that the crash was caused by greedy homeowners um it's always a good way to ah, he said, this is the, the equivalent of Reagan right. Reagan's famous Cadillac driving welfare queen <laughs> spiel. Right. Um, it's always good to blame the people. The victims. Um, yeah. Um, you know, where, where, where's the responsibility of, of the banks that were just handing out loans? Right. He says it was took more time to go through a car wash back then <laughs> than it did to get a home loan that you couldn't afford. Um God. And uh, myth number three is the bailouts were about saving capitalism. He says the deal those bankers cooked up was to save the banks from capitalism. Ah. Losers must be allowed to lose. It's the first and most important regulatory mechanism in a market economy. Hmm. Um, Yeah, so uh, check that out. Um, Of course, there's a lot of stories going around at the moment about how the uh, um, on one hand, you'll read that the American economy is booming, right. best it's ever been. Uh, Trump's a Trump's a, a legend. The economy's rocking. Employment <laughs> is down. Yeah. The stock market is up. But then, if you actually pick through those stories, uh, the, your economy is teetering on the brink. They reckon of a crash that'll make the two thousand and eight crash look like a Wiggles concert. <laughs> um, it. The articles I've been reading for the last couple of months say that when the next crash happens with a Trump in the White House, um, then uh, there's not going to be any ability in in certainly in the United States to uh, navigate it. Um, And in Australia, if it happens in the next couple of years, you know we've got. Scott Morrison, our Pentecostalist, Pentecostal, I can't talk this morning, Pentecostal, Pentecostalist, that's a fucked up word to try and say, a fundamentalist right wing Christian nut job prime minister. Yeah. Um, uh, So, uh, yeah, we're all fucked when this thing happens. And I've been wondering. Mm How do you think? How do you think podcasters are going to survive the next financial crisis, Ray? When 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 the world goes back to a yeah. situation equivalent of the Great Depression uh, in the uh, like thirties, yeah. early thirties, do you think podcasters will be all right? Do you think I, we're going to survive? Do you think people will take care of us first before they look after feeding their families? Um, I'm sure they will. Yeah, yeah. Our, our blood won't be the first one that's splattered against the wall. I'm sure we're going to be fine. We're not going to have to go out and get real jobs, give up podcasting altogether. My wife will probably smash my microphone while I'm watching with my pants around my ankles. No, I'm sure none of that's going to happen. We're going to be fine. Well, there won't be any real jobs, A. B, even if there are, I don't know about you, but I'm certainly, uh, I've been unemployable for many years. (laughs) Um, I'm becoming that way. (laughs) I have to be able to wear shorts. uh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean the GFC killed my podcasting business the last time around right. ten years ago. It was about ten years ago this month when um, I went from making money hand over fist yeah. from advertising on the podcasts on TPN to waking up one day and going, "Well, it's all gone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> shit, now what?" 
now what do i do now now what do i do oh i'll go out and try and find a job in the middle of a world (laughs) economic crisis after spending the last few years basically just you know there's always selling drugs you know bad mouthing bad mouthing everybody corporations <laughs> no I'm not that it's Cameron Riley I'm not, that's yeah. another Cameron Riley that happens to yeah, me all the no, time no no I, look, yeah yeah he, I mean I know he looks like me uh, <laughs> but that's not me so here I am 10 years later thinking shit this is going to happen again yeah. and seriously I think I'm going to end up uh, living uh, in a tent in my mum's backyard um, but, but you'll still have your computer but, and microphone um, right uh, no, I'll have to. I'll have to hock those oh. for um, turnips. <laughs> At least you got a plan. I don't. I don't have anything. Uh, Heather doesn't make squat as a teacher, so yeah. But you can live on the land. You've got land. That's you can true. eat snakes. <laughs> I, I could. I don't know if I will, but I could. Some season. I'm. I'm thinking of moving in with you i'll come over yes. bring the family right. over um we'll uh raise snakes <laughs> and just uh, steal some guns from your nearest walmart and to, to hold off the oh. zombie apocalypse you, you have to bring your own family pig i've got my family pig you have to bring your own we- <laughs> i was just listening to our last tiberius <laughs> episode talking about Classic. Which end of the pig you fuck and which end you eat. Um, the, uh, we, 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 uh, we could still podcast. Yeah. It'll just be you and me talking to ourselves. <laughs> yeah, pretty uh, much in what a, in we a tiny closet. do now. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty much that's all it is. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, the, we've learned nothing, according to right. Matt Taibbi. Um, and it's all happened again. And, you know, you, you got to, um, give the Democrats and, and President Obama a massive amount of the blame for this. Uh, it was on his watch that they bailed out the banks uh, when when the shit hit the fan and uh, did next to nothing over the next eight years to prevent it from happening again. No one went to jail. Well, very few people. One person uh, that I know of. Particularly the higher-ups right. went to jail. Right. Some, some, some minor people went to yeah. jail. But, like, the big guys didn't go to jail. The guys that, uh, you know, it happened on their watch, they all got off and yeah. made money hand over fist yeah. and are still making money hand over fist. They had golden parachutes. We're going to have golden showers in prison. They will all be okay when the shit hits the fan. They'll take their $500 million and just... Uh, They'll have dinner you know, parties. Live on, live on their yachts <laughs> while we battle it out in the streets <laughs> over, over pigs. Um, anyhow. Yeah. What, what do you want to talk about next? What's next on the list? Well, let's talk about... And this is something I really don't ever pay attention to, but um, the Food and Drug Administration this last week declared that the teenage use of electronic cigarettes has reached an epidemic proportion. And it, it's put the makers of the most popular devices on notice that they have just 60 days to prove that they can keep their devices away from minors. So I guess over the last couple of years, um, teenagers, I guess a larger number of teenagers have been uh, using these. And I'm sure it has nothing to do with any of the flavors that you can get, like cool mint, mango, cucumber, creme brulee, fruit medley. Those are, those are clearly marketed towards 40 and 50 year old men. Mm. So, what 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 do you take away from this story? Um, that once again, the the corporations can do whatever they want. They they are perp- And I've watched ads on YouTube. I mean, when you when you watch the ads of the uh, the the people smoking it, they're very very young. You could tell they're just probably over eighteen. They're making it look uh, hip and cool, and they're playing music, and everybody's smiling and laughing. Um, and it's it's being um, targeted at them. It's being marketed specifically to them. But the whole point of these things is that 
It's supposed to give you nicotine, yes, but it's you're not getting all the chemicals that you would normally get when you smoke a, a, a normal natural cigarette. So it is a semi-step in the right direction. But if you go ahead and get a whole bunch of teenagers addicted to nicotine at a young age, it's only a matter of time before they theoretically switch over to cigarettes. So I don't know that this entire thing is just a, another uh, example of when the government is powerless and the corporations are just... One, obviously, they're uh, they're providing a service that the people seem to want. But two, the, the corporations are pretty much just doing what they want. And they have teams of lawyers and millions of dollars to fight back against the FDA. Mm, yeah, I call bullshit on this entire story. Yeah. And I and, and I and I think you should too. After all the work well, that was, we've done yeah. on this very show, Ray, yeah. talking about the war on drugs, well, doesn't this remind yeah. you? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Of something? Yeah, absolutely no. Because I, I'm just pretty much saying what the art, the uh, articles that we've read, read said. Here's my true thing: is that when the government, when the FDA guy, um, Gottlieb gives his um, he gives his uh, numbers. There are two million middle school and high school students who regularly use e-cigarettes. Um, you and I both know over ad nauseum um, episodes we can't trust government statistics because one they're either completely made up, they're pulled out of someone's ass, or they're inflated on purpose. So you can't believe that. Um, we have no idea how many kids are using this because no one's keeping accurate records about illegal sales to teens. So you're you're absolutely right. This is all bullshit, but somebody seems concerned. Um, I don't know if it's a bunch of moms getting upset like they did in the, with the pot that we, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, but I certainly don't believe any statistics or information that's coming out of the government. Okay. Yeah. So what do you think's going on? What's what's I, what's this story really all about? Well, at first I was thinking it was the tobacco companies, but even though Juul Labs is the largest um, manufacturer, uh, they own like 72% of the entire market. The other three companies are traditional tobacco companies. And so I don't know if it's traditional tobacco going after them because um, obviously they, they've dominated the market. I'm not sure, but someone obviously wants to take a swipe at this. And I mean, the reasons could be economic. It could be moral. I really don't know. But I have a feeling that you have a theory about what's going on. Yeah, but I want to know your theory. I want, I, I want to see you break it down. I don't know. Like I said... we've learned... But, over the years well it normally comes back to money money power control yeah so if somebody's trying to take down you know one of these particular uh, vape companies yeah. jewel right. who might it be and uh, you know pick it apart for me ray well, analyze it if someone's trying to pick this well see that's just it they're going after um they're going after roughly, you know, four major companies. They're going after 7-Elevens, Walgreens, Circle K, convenience shops, and Shell gas stations. But it's either one of the other three, even though they're going to get uh, get hit economically as well, or there's just someone who has targeted Jewel Labs, which has pretty much built their entire business model on this. And don't get me wrong, they're making tons of money. I think they're worth like $18 million or something like that. Um, so I guess maybe it's a either a competitor or, a, or um, a potential competitor. Hell, maybe it's the people from the pot um, industry who don't want, they would have rather people have been smoking pot than e-cigarettes. I, I, like I said before, I read these articles. I've never, ever, ever paid attention to e-cigarettes. I don't know anything about them except you look kind of silly smoking them, except for William in Italy. He looks totally badass when he smokes his. Well, who stands to benefit? So you reckon the weed companies? Um, you get weed, who you else get traditional to tobacco from? Yeah. Mm. So traditional tobacco companies might feel under threat from the rise of sexy right. vaporizer companies. Yeah. Might that's, be trying to take them down. That's certainly a possibility because it is. Cut, it might. I, it's certainly cutting into their sales because you can either smoke a cigarette or you can have an e-cigarette and it's cool and it's sexy and you got flavors and you got all this stuff. 
I think a lot of kids are going to go in that direction as opposed to your traditional cigarette. Mm. You know, one of the things, um, well, we've, we've learned a, a, a handful of things, I think, uh, from mm-hmm. doing our War on Drugs series. One is that prohibition doesn't work. Right. Um, if kids want to smoke cigarettes or e-cigarettes, they're going to do it. Um, right. Secondly is that uh, the government and the media continually um, just make shit up when it right. comes to these things. Uh, right. There's... They have propaganda, fear campaigns. Uh, All about budgets. That uh, claim the world is ending because uh, people are doing some drugs or, in this case, smoking e-cigarettes. Um, usually there are, as you said, economic agendas sitting behind all of this stuff. So when I see a story like this now, mm-hmm. um, my mind immediately goes to, okay, this is this looks very similar to the hundreds of other stories that we've talked about, going right back to the prohibition of booze right. in the twenties, uh, through to you know the fear mongering campaigns of marijuana. How many stories exactly right. like this did we see in the media about mar- the, the horrors of marijuana for nearly 80, 90 years? Yeah. Uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of, oh my God, the world's coming to an end because people are smoking marijuana. And now everyone's like, eh, marijuana, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, fucking did have a problem <laughs> with it, it's all good. Yeah. Um, Ooh, so, I, I, I yeah. want to take another guess. I want to take another guess. Yeah. I think that with Trump cutting budgets left and right, not giving federal employees raises. He's already taken another $200 million from the people, the the entity that's supposed to be taking care of the immigrant children. I can almost see this FDA, FDA dr- beating the drumbeats of this to try to say we need every dollar that we can get to go after these because we're saving not only teenagers, but we're saving the future generations of this country. Please, Mr. President, do not cut our budget like you cut everybody else. That's yeah. my and we Yeah, and we've final. seen that in our yeah. War on Drugs story as well, right? That's yeah. Quite often, the people driving the drumbeat against these things are the guys that um, are in the Justice Department <laughs> or the Feds or whatever. They're trying to, mm-hmm. trying to shore up their own budgets uh, for the next few years. It's all about their own personal political career. Right. So, look, I don't, I don't have any answers for this, but it smells like bullshit to me. Yeah. Um, so, that's not to say that there probably aren't teenagers smoking. Oh, my God. Shock, horror. Teenagers are smoking. Um, but, uh, you know. Yeah. 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 Kids are going to do what they're going to okay. do. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, what's next on the uh, list of stories? Kingmaker, Murdoch, the supposed kingmaker. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Australian democracy, uh, <laughs> proven to be a sham. No one cares. No. And I'm going to apologise in advance for our uh, non-Australian listeners, but this story uh, applies wherever you live, I think. Right. Um, probably even more so in the United States than it does here. So as as most of you know, if you've been listening to the show over the last month or so, is that in Australia, our, our prime minister recently got fired by his own political party wow. while prime minister <laughs> got fired and replaced with another guy. Right. A guy called Scott Morrison. So Malcolm Turnbull, Malcolm Turnbull, his party, the, the Liberal Party, fired... The, the the guy who was the Prime Minister uh, a few years ago, Tony Abbott, and right. replaced him with Malcolm Turnbull. This is while they're in government. They fired the Prime Minister, replaced him with Malcolm Turnbull. <laughs> Malcolm Turnbull, they then fired him, nah, not doing a good enough job, and yeah. replaced him with a guy called Scott Morrison. Now, um, stories have started to trickle out um, in the media uh, since then about Rupert Murdoch's involvement in getting rid of Malcolm Turnbull as Prime Minister. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not a surprise to those of us that uh, pay attention. 
We have known that Rupert has been making and breaking prime ministers in this country for my entire life, basically, yeah. uh, in, in the early 70s. Yeah. Yeah, he started yeah. with uh, getting Gough Whitlam elected. Uh, and he does that around the world. He does it in the UK. Um, he does it in the, the USA. And we we kind of know this guy. But, it, but it, it's like one of those things like priests raping kids. Everyone has known it's been going on right. forever. But it's one of those things you just don't talk about in polite company unless you're me. Um, you know, most people would prefer not to talk about it because it's awkward right. and it's uncomfortable. And, you know, then you have to have a conversation about real shit and not reality TV or sport. And most people are uncomfortable with real conversations about real things. Right. Um, but But... We are now seeing these stories uh, about Rupert Murdoch, uh, not not Catholic priests. You're always seeing that as well, but <laughs> Rupert Murdoch uh, coming out. Now, the, the latest story is that uh, when he was in the country, he was in the country like a week or so before the the, the last prime minister, Malcolm wow. Turnbull, got knifed. Uh, um, uh, he met with or had conversations with guy called Kerry Stokes, who uh, is another media baron in Australia, mm-hmm. owns a television station. Uh, Rupert controls a couple of the major newspapers here. Kerry Stokes controls one of the major television s- stations. Um, and apparently, reports are, although I think Stokes and Murdoch are denying it, yes. but uh, other reports have come out from people in the know that Murdoch and Stokes... Had a conversation uh, about oh well we need to get rid of we need to get rid of Malcolm Turnbull he needs to go <laughs> we need to replace him as prime minister, which then happened. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, I, I have to interrupt you. What if you and I have that same conversation? Yeah, Turnbull he's got, he's got to go. He's no good. He's no good. How is it different for them to have that conversation than you and I? Well, because they didn't just have the conversation, they then used their media properties mm-hmm. to bring it about. But basically, right. you know, if, if if your newspapers and your television stations just keep running constant stories about, oh, well, his own party's about to get rid of the prime minister, uh, he doesn't have their trust, oh, there's a panic, they know he's not going to win the next election, it's all over unless they get rid of him. You know, it, it creates the reality. The people Damn. who read the papers, including the politicians, going, oh, shit, really? Yeah, that's how I feel. And also oh. there's just, yeah, well, that's part of it. But there's also the knowledge that if Rupert wants you gone, you're gone. I mean, and people, uh, uh, he, you know, <laughs> Malcolm's opponents in his own party who want the power, Peter Dutton, Scott Morrison, there was others, Julie right. Bishop, Um you know, they're angling. I'm sure there were phone calls between all of them and Murdoch's people anyway, if not Murdoch himself, saying, listen, you know, you put me in that job, Rupert, I will suck your 90-year-old wrinkly balls. I'll take Harder them than deep, anybody. deep yes. into my throat yeah. and gargle. I'll gargle with them. <laughs> oh, I've got this technique. I've been practicing. You won't You're going to love it. You're gonna love um, it. Everybody tells me Whatever you want, Rupert. Yeah. I uh, yeah. Look, I know you've got an old wrinkly dick, but I don't care. I love it. Love old wrinkly dick. I want the job. Um, oh my yeah. god! Now, I actually saw this story posted on Facebook for the first time by Kevin Rudd, uh, Brisbane boy, former prime minister, who got knifed by <laughs> Rupert Murdoch, uh, and and then his replacement, Julia Gillard. Who was prime minister? He Kevin then knifed her to get his old job back, and then he got you know uh, <laughs> shafted by Rupert, Damn. by Ke- by Tony Abbott to get that. Anyway, it's a long fucking story. So Kevin Rudd's posted this former prime minister who also got knifed by Rupert, um, and so uh, like uh, I replied to Kevin's post on Facebook, like what? Why are people riding in the streets over this? Like it's yeah. there is. A significant amount of evidence being talked about very publicly. This article I've got in front of me posted in the conversation is by Dennis Muller, Senior Research Fellow in the Centre for Advancing Journalism at the University of Melbourne. Right. Sounds like a guy who's probably serious. He's not a he's not Alex Jones. He's <laughs> he's not a crazy podcaster like us. You cannot very, defeat very serious God. man, Dennis Muller. Sorry, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> 
I love that. <laughs> see, see, Alex has now been taken off PayPal. Yeah, PayPal have kicked off Infowars and Alex. Yeah, he's got nothing. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen to Alex. Anyway, back to this story. Yeah, maybe Rupert will just give him some money. Oh. Um, so uh, it's been it, there's a there's a significant amount of evidence that we don't have a democracy here. Right. We it's pointless. It's absolutely pointless as an Australian voting to vote. Yeah. Uh, because if Rupert doesn't like it, it's a bit like Augustus Caesar. Uh, you know, the the, the people vote in a, a consul. Yeah. Circa ten CE, and Augustus is like, no, no, that was the wrong guy. Sorry, no, that <laughs> vote's invalid. <laughs> this yeah. is the guy. Yeah. You should have yeah. voted for. Just vote yeah. for him. All right. We, this is this is what we've got, and. Now, there are stories about it, the occasional story in the mainstream media, but that's it. The rest of the media, it's not like... Like, this should be wall-to-wall news coverage. There right. should be nothing else yeah. taking precedent over this. We don't have a democracy. Our democracy does not exist. It's a, at least at a federal level. Right. Rupert may not care so much what happens at a local level or a state level, although I'm sure he does have some say and what goes on at the stable here and his people mm-hmm. um and what about the journalists where are the journalists who work for news corp why are they like walking out mass strikes going fuck you <laughs> you're fucking with using us as tools because journalists for, for for decades have have denied murdoch journalists have denied that mm-hmm. they're at all involved in manipulating the political system. And, and if there was ever any sign that they were, they would stand up and go on strike and they would not stand for it, Ray. Aww, good for um, them. Shocked. Yeah. Shocked they would be that there's gambling going on in this establishment. <laughs> now these stories come out, yeah. not in News Corp publications, mind you. These stories come out and, and nothing. I'm hearing fucking nothing from chirp, News chirp, Corp chirp. journalists. Yeah. Um, or, 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 or yeah, the rest of the mainstream media. Um, anyway, uh, apart from again the occasional story, which is a big deal. But so uh, it's no different in the UK, uh, the USA. I don't know about Canada. Um, I can't speak for the Canadians, but right. uh, how much? Whether it's Rupert or you have your own Rupert Murdoch up there, I don't know. But anyway, we don't have a democracy. A democracy is bullshit. Yeah. So let's stop pretending that it's not. Let's stop pretending that. It, it, it matters a damn when Rupert can just come in and have the leaders of countries fired with, within days. Yeah. He got in the country. Within a week, flew the prime in, minister was gone. Kicked him out, flew out again. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. keep the jet warm. I'll be right I'm back. surprised that he had... I'm surprised that he had to fly. It's like... It's a big thing. I mean, Rupert, normally it's just a phone call. Yeah. This time yeah. he was like... Oh, Fuck. I, right. I guess I have to come down. Don't yeah. make me get out of bed. Because I'll fire with, your ass. Um, who, who, who's he married to? Jerry Hall. Like, I'm, I'm fucking Mick Jagger's ex-wife. Like, <laughs> don't. Busy. And I'm 90. That's right. <laughs> he's 88, whatever he is. He's fucking yeah. old. Yeah. How old is Rupert? I can't I, even remember. Wh- does in, he have... He's in his 80s. What's going to happen when he dies? Does he have... I know he has a son, um, but is his son well, built along a, the same lines? A, yeah. yeah. He's 87. A, he's not going to die. He's, oh, uh, sorry. S- sold his soul to Gary Oldman um, a long time ago. B... Yeah, he has he has several children that are all fucking dipshits. Um, okay, is the official story. Yeah. Wow. Everything so, that they touch turns to shit. Um, so I guess uh, your country has yeah. to wait what? for him to die to even have a chance at getting back democracy. But but you're absolutely right. Just go ahead and. But like you said a minute ago, since everybody knows it and it and everybody's uncomfortable by it, that's why there's not. Um, mobs in the street but just go ahead and admit it crown him king of the country make him Mal- um, Murdoch the first or whatever his first name or Rupert the first or whatever and just get on with it but you're absolutely right a man or less than five men run that country on a federal level that should be the only thing that everybody's talking about 
but they're living paycheck to paycheck. Less than five men. Less than well, you know, you got the four. No, I don't know. You've got um, you've got the uh, Stokes. You've got Murdoch, and I imagine you've got some other Mm. um, media moguls as well. Nah, just them, really. Wow. Okay, Um, two. We used to have another one, but he died, Kerry. Um. So anyway, there you go, man. Fuck. What else? What's next? Um, let's see. Well, I'm very, I am very um, pleased and happy to report that the Japanese um, are still doing their thing. They have successfully landed two small rovers on the surface of an asteroid. And hopefully they're going to one day be able to scoop up some samples and get some information and bring back information, hopefully clues about the origin of our solar system. So I just thought that was pretty amazing that, uh, you know, um, Trump is cutting everything left and right. We're going to have Space Force, which we totally don't need. But the Japanese are actually, you know, using science and shit like that. And they're not just about whatever Trump is about. And I just thought it was really neat that someone's actually still moving the the knowledge line forward. Because fuck knows we're not. And, And why is that important, what they've done, the Japanese? Explain the story to me. Explain. Uh, well, basically, from what I can gather, supposedly a lot of um, asteroids they they think were created or formed <clears throat> at the dawn of the at the uh, you know the dawn of the universe, the beginning of the universe. So it might have the the original material, whether it's water or whatever um, type of material is in, is in this asteroid. So they've landed these two probes. They're going to bounce all over the place because it's you know its gravity is very weak, and they're going to scoop some stuff up. Um, some samples up, leave, you know, leave, I think another rover there and eventually come back. I think they're supposed to come back in 2020 or something like that. But basically this is a, a, a an asteroid that rarely comes our way. They had to launch this rocket like three years ago. I think it, it orbits between the earth and Mars and uh, they were able to time it just right to get this. And again, it could just be more important information uh, because it's getting to the point where we still don't even know what we don't know. And even though science has come a long way, but these people are just um, hopefully going to be able to get some very important information about the origins of the universe. And I just think that's fucking awesome. I, I listen to the infinite monkey cage and I don't understand half of it, but I think shit like this is real. So cool. There you have it, folks. Ray says, we still don't know what we still don't know. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a quote. Science has come a long way, but we still <laughs> don't, don't know what we don't fuck still with me. don't know. Don't that's, fuck with me. that's the height. You're like, you never, it doesn't matter. I don't care what you're going to listen to this week. You're not going <laughs> to hear anything more profound than that. We still don't know what we still oh, don't know. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't know if you realized that before <laughs> this podcast. People probably... We're just going along with their lives, thinking is that this, we did know what we don't know. But now Ray has Ray has Ray has done the work. Is this the entertainment? This is why part he gets the paid show. the big bucks. This is why. This is why he will survive the <laughs> great financial crisis of 2018. Because everybody's in only court from Ray Justice. Harris. Yeah. Will you hear that we still don't know? You what know we what still I mean. No, it's a bit like a Donald, bit like Donald Rumsfeld. There's the knowns, and then there's no unknowns. And the unknown knowns, and the unknown unknowns, and the yeah. known unknowns, <laughs> and then there's the stuff we still don't know that we still don't Fuck know. Fuck you, you know what I mean. I mean, just that there's still so much out there, we're still trying to figure so much out, and this could be the next big piece, or small piece even, of the puzzle, and I just find that exciting. Sometimes I get the impression that you're just stringing random words together <laughs> to fill a time vortex. <laughs> It's like you and the doctor. I'm not going to deny that. Stared, by the way, did you did you get around to watching the last uh, two episodes yes. of uh, yes, I don't, David Ten at the end of time? <laughs> yes, I did. Pull it together, right? Pull it together. Yes, it was very moving when he goes, I don't want to go. Oh, I fucking lost. It's a good thing I was alone in the dark with my uh, drink. Um, no one saw what happened, but yeah, it was very, it was very moving. And he saved everybody. He made a difference in everybody's lives. Oh, that was so fucking awesome. Can I, can I confess something to you? I, yeah. I rewatched it over the weekend. Yeah. Good as you well, do. after talking to you about it last week. Yeah. Oh, it was, and it was the bit, it, yeah. the bit when he's doing his goodbye tour yes. and he goes to the book signing Yes, where the granddaughter of the woman that he'd loved, uh, and, and he's he she looks up and he says, 
In the end, was she happy? And she goes, yes, were you? I, I, I fucking choked yes, up, man. Yes, I haven't yes. seen that episode with the, with, the, with, the, with, the, with the woman right for like 10 years. I haven't, oh. whatever. Haven't watched oh. it forever. Right. I, I just choked up at something. And I'm like, why am I crying? I don't even understand <laughs> no, no. why I'm crying. I, I was sitting there just... There's just something about the doctor turning up and talking to the granddaughter yes. of the woman oh, that he loved and he had awesome. to leave because uh, he got his memory back and he's like, uh, yeah. you know, was she happy in the end? Oh, oh yeah. Well, since you opened this, you opened this up. up, you opened this up and you can edit this out, but the, the slightly older woman with the 14 year old boy, I've forgotten who she was. The what boy he saved. Sarah, Sarah Jane. Yeah. Sarah Jane. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who he saves the he saves the kid's life. Yeah, but who was the or who was the woman? Who's? I mean, what was the significance oh, of her? What was their relationship? Sarah Jane was the doctor's companion in the seventies. Oh, she was with two doctors. She was God, like she yeah. was like she was like the Rose. <sighs> she is the you know the ultimate right. the uh, doctor's companion she I was the she companion was of the third yeah. doctor for a while then she was the companion of the fourth doctor for, oh, for many years now it's even um, more moving and and she was and she was sassy she was young she was hot she was sassy she was a journalist um and uh famously the fourth doctor uh just uh, dumped her he um <laughs> no. They they land they landed in the TARDIS, and he said, um, uh, "Just go out there, and I'll be out in a minute." And she she walked out of the TARDIS, and and she's talking. So, Doctor, la da 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 da. Let's go. The door shuts. She turns around. She hears the TARDIS go. She turns around. He just fucks off. <laughs> he, he kicked her ass to the curb, and then yeah. just fucked off without a goodbye. Oh. So oh. then, oh so then, yeah. in the David Tennant era. Like in her timeline, uh, thirty-five years later, right. she's uh, investigating um, you know a- aliens in a school, mm-hmm. and she opens a door and sees the TARDIS, and she's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and she's like, starts running away, and he he walks out of the shadows and goes, "Hello, Sarah Jane." She's like, "Oh my god, you you have a different face." Anyway, yeah. yeah. And then he, he says goodbye to her at the end. He just waves to Sarah Jane and she tears up. I oh, teared up. No. Oh, man. And then that actress, Elizabeth Sladen, who played Sarah Jane, like died um, a couple of years later. Oh, my God. No. Yeah. 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 Okay. We, um, yeah. The last geek thing about Doctor Who, when uh, the new guy comes along, Smith, he's grabbing his face and he's grabbing his hair. Oh, I got ears. I got a nose. He goes, oh, my God. And he grabs his really thick hair and he goes, oh, my God, am I a woman? Oh, no, no, no. Okay, I'm a guy. But I thought that was cool that they now have a woman. But he actually said that. Mm. Now, anyway. don't yeah. don't think for a second that I realize you're not stalling because you don't no, have anything more to tell I'm, me about the asteroid. I'm, you I'm done. You hurt my feelings. I'm not... Fuck the asteroid. Fuck the Japanese. Fuck their little two rovers. I'm hurt. So the importance of this um, is, apart from the fact that there are still things we don't Don't know know about things we don't know, is, uh, fuck, I mean, if there was a, you know, when you die, (laughs) I'm going to make sure that goes on your gravestone. That's going to be your epitaph. There are still things we don't know about things we don't know. Ray Harris. Yeah. It's life summed up in that quote. Then I'll be sued by, uh, Um, yeah, go ahead. These two tiny rovers that the, the Japanese have dropped onto Ryugu, um, each has a diameter of 18 centimetres, mm. about twice as long as my penis. <laughs> uh, they're about seven metres high. They weigh about 1.1 kilo. The thing about this is, is Ryugu is, uh, by the way, Ryugu, the name of it refers to the Dragon Palace, Ryugu Oh, nice. The Dragon Palace, uh, which is um, under the sea. Um, sure. where the uh, underwater dragons live in uh, Japanese mythology. It's a type C asteroid. Now, type C or C-type asteroids, they're the most common form of asteroids. Mm-hmm. But it's believed that they've been around since very early days of the universe. They're made up mostly of carbon. But there is a theory that life 
on this planet may have come from one of these asteroids. Oh, wow. So, or, or several, many of these asteroids. That The theory is that life didn't evolve mm-hmm. by itself on this planet just through, uh, you know, God. molecules bumping into each other and going, fuck it, let's right. fuck. That's how life happened. <laughs> hey, let's fuck. Um, that it, it, it evolved somewhere else in the universe, carbon-based life, evolved somewhere else in the universe, traveled here on an asteroid. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to be taking samples to see if life, if they can find uh, um, uh, evidence of organic life on these asteroids. Now, so the question then is, right, if Mm -hmm. we do find evidence of organic life uh, on an asteroid that's far older than our planet, what are the philosophical and religious implications of that do you think um with all of your religious training right. over the years by training i mean abuse right well actually that's, that's a relatively easy question to answer if there's there's life on there that uh, might be connected to life on here but it's at the same time much much earlier than life on earth then we are not the only things uh, out here. Uh, we are not God's chosen favorite people, and therefore all that information must be destroyed and ignored, and, and we go back to the Bible. No, I, it would just be amazing to prove that, you know, there's a very good possibility that life, uh, lots of different life, could be, you know, in different places all over the universe, that just because we haven't found it yet doesn't mean anything. But it would certainly disrupt so many theories of the church or the people that really... Uh, focus on the Old Testament. Uh, it's going to make a lot of people angry. But again, it, it will be one of those things, hopefully now, that we did not know, but now we know. And that would be cool as fuck. You think it's going to make people angry? Why, why well, is it no, going to make people angry? Well, there, there are people, and I hate to say this, but it's true, I'm related to them. There are some people on this planet, in this country, in the state, that believe that the world is just a couple thousand years old and that the Garden of Eden and all that shit's true and Noah's Ark and all that shit's true. And if you come up with something, and of course you could show them all the evidence you want, it's not going to matter. But this would just be one more thing to show that not only you know there was there this asteroid that had life on it that might have contributed to life on this planet, but it's if there was, it certainly was much older than life there was life out there before there was life on this planet. And again, that just flies in the face of what they've been taught in Sunday school. And it will just agitate uh, a certain segment of American society. You think it'll make them angry? Um, it, it will make them, well, yeah, because if you believe something and then there's evidence in your face um, that you're already kind of insecure about or whatever, you're not going to suddenly go, you know what? You're right. Everything I've ever thought is wrong. Thank you for pointing this out to me. I now believe this. People don't do that. People don't want to think of themselves as idiots or that they've been um, fooled by the church or the Bible or whatever. They'll double down and they'll resist even more. That's been so, my experience. I, yeah, look, I think they'll just ignore it. They'll yeah. just go, ah, yeah. yeah, now that's sciencey bullshit. Don't believe it. I don't think they'll get angry. Well, angry for like a second and they ignore it and just go on with their lives. Well, what about for you? If, if, we, just, if we find proof of uh, non-Earth-based life, mm-hmm. what does it mean for you? How does that change your perspective of you and life and, and all of that kind of stuff? Does it have an impact? Do you care? I care. It doesn't have an impact. I Again, I think it's fascinating that um, th- this whole Earth-centric uh, view that we have, um, that it's all us, we can't find anything else. I mean, I just assume, mathematically speaking, there's a there's got to be a chance that there's other life out there. It doesn't change my life, but I find it... The it just increases my wonder of the universe and what could be out there, and hopefully we'll find out something more concrete before I die. And I w- I would just like to 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 know what's out, at least a little something of what's out there. I'm glad you used those words mathematically speaking because it made you sound <laughs> way more intelligent. Um, <laughs> mathematically speaking, we still don't know what we still don't know. Ray Harris. If you could edit that back in for earlier, that would be great. And drop, mic drop. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. 
Uh, let's let's finish up with a little bit more Australian news then. Um, so uh, again, apologies for internationals, but this is a good story. I'm not sure uh, how it's relevant, but over the last well, it is relevant. Um, so over the last couple of weeks in Australia, um, there's been this media fucking loves this story. Um, needles, mm-hmm. sewing needles, were found in strawberries. Oh God. Um. And uh, then sort of copycat things happened. Stra- needles were f- being found in all sorts of fruit and vegetables uh, all over the country. Um, and, oh, people have been up in arms. Yeah. And uh, strawberry strawberry manufacturers uh, had to dump thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of punnets of strawberries because people weren't buying strawberries no because shit. they thought they would have needles in them. Yeah. Um, I don't know why you can't just like cut your strawberry in half Check before it. you eat it. I don't see what the big deal yeah. is. But the but, trust factor uh, is gone. Yeah, well, and you know, trust in my strawberries is the uh, basis of <laughs> of <laughs> my ability to get through life. If I can't trust my strawberries not to have needles in them, um, oh, what so what am I going to do? Are you saying it was an overreaction? Ah. Uh, yeah, I mean the whole the, I mean, the media coverage of it was an overreaction. Ah, uh, gotcha. I think for a start, um, gotcha. but but then the plot thickens, and I'd like to thank uh, fuck whoever said that put through this up on Facebook for me last night. Let me see, uh, somebody put it up on Facebook. Um, uh, yeah, because I posted what if so. So, so what happened? Let me go back a step. So, okay, so then media coverage. I mean, no one gives a shit that Rupert Murdoch runs their democracy like a king. Right. What we care about is strawberries. Oh, fucking strawberries. So then right. um, there was a backlash against strawberries and then people go, no, no, you got to support the strawberry farmers. And so people went out and bought strawberries uh-huh. and the price tripled and every, and strawberry farmers were like, woohoo, <laughs> wish we hadn't thrown all those strawberries in the tip. Like we could have just put them in the fridge and sold them this week. Would have been just as good. So but confused. oh well. And... And, uh, you know, everything bounced back. And I wrote on Facebook, like, what if the whole needles in strawberry story was a cunning guerrilla marketing campaign <laughs> for the strawberry buried. industry right. just to get a couple of weeks of sympathetic press coverage? Like, it wouldn't be the craziest thing that's ever happened. That's true. If they were like, you know what, we, we, we need to get more strawberry press coverage. <laughs> Let's go and create a story yeah we're going to take a hit for a little bit we might hurt somebody like barry and stan barry and stan sat down with them and they said listen here's our strategy we're gonna we're not even really going to put a needle in a strawberry right because we're not cunts yeah we're just gonna story a rumor tell the media that Uh, we found a needle in a strawberry you don't actually have to put a needle in a strawberry of course they didn't foresee the fact that uh, other kids out there would go, oh, that's a great yes. fucking trick. Let's go put needles in strawberries. I mean, the story is that some of the major supermarket chains here that bo- that sell both strawberries and sewing needles have pulled not the strawberries off the shelf, but the sewing needles off the shelves. And I'm like, well, how's that fair to the manufacturers of sewing needles? Hey, That's like introducing cane toads to kill the beetles in this country, the cane beetles, and then you've got a cane toad problem. You just... Creating one problem to stop another problem. Someone's got to take anyway. Yeah, I thought they were like, okay, look, yes, if we create this fear and 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 um, um, panic, people will stop buying strawberries for a couple of days. But then we will run the second part of the campaign. It's a two two part strategy here, which is no, no, don't you know, love the love your strawberry manufacturers, and then sales will go up. So anyway, Andrew McDrury. Right. Um, from New Zealand uh, sent me a link, um, which, because uh, apparently it started happening in New Zealand now. Oh, God. As well. The Kiwis, yeah, the fucking Kiwis, man. <laughs> they just, every time something happens in Australia, they're like, oh, we want to be part of that too. <laughs> We're cool too. So they started putting needles in their strawberries. Oh, we've got needles in our strawberries too. Look at us. Hey. Yeah. Like in. We got hobbits who pick out. Um, <laughs> but he posted this story. It's quite it's quite interesting, actually, because I haven't really been paying that much attention to the whole thing. You know, I'm worried about important stuff like the end of democracy. <laughs> but um, as it turns out, yeah, 
one of the farms, the one of one of the main farms, right. that uh, has been involved in this needles in the strawberries uh, business is called Donnybrook Berries. Oh, sounds nice. Uh, it's here in here in Queensland, uh, a little bit little bit north of where I am, like an hour north, a place called Caboolture. It's in the heart of the strawberry country, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't know that we had a strawberry country, but uh, there now, you go. We, now I do, I guess. Yeah. There's a great strawberry farm. Used to be a great strawberry farm up in Bundaberg where my mum lives. We used to go up there and pick strawberries. They're great. Like the best strawberries I've ever had are the ones you handpicked. They're like the size of my fist. Wow. Um, and that's big. Anyway, apparently the the owner of Donny Brook Berries, where this all started, is a guy by the name of Pasquale Cufari. <laughs> Who is actually um, from uh, down south, from the Australian state of Victoria? Except he's not from there either. He's really from uh, Calabria, and he is a Calabrian mafia, oh, allegedly. Shit. Right. Um, allegedly. Yeah, you gotta say that. Um, journalist rocked up to his house recently <laughs> to interview him about this down in Victoria. He wasn't home, but his red Ferrari was. Ah. So um, yeah, he was out back, feeling feeling sorry, feeling sorry for his <laughs> uh, suffering uh, with the strawberry situation. He's just got to drive his strawberry coloured coloured Ferrari home every day. Right. Um, now apparently, Mister Kufari uh, has done time in prison. Yeah. Uh, for drug-related offences. Um, and then about two years ago, for reasons not, not quite understood, decided to take over the strawberry business in Australia. Wow. Um, and, uh, yeah. And and now he basically dominates the strawberry business with the, our major retailers uh, buying shit ton of strawberries from him mm-hmm. do they know that he did five years no. in jail for a drug related crimes do they care maybe maybe not maybe they don't care yeah. no yeah um so the plot thickens and and trying to understand so <laughs> okay so let's let's um let's assume for a second that the straw that there were actual needles in strawberries mm-hmm. and they were in his right. strawberries Right. Um, why? Who is putting needles in the strawberries of a guy who's connected to the Calabrian mafia and is a drug dealer? Why? Well, let's go back a step before that. Why does a convicted uh, drug dealer mm-hmm. own strawberry farms in the first place? Well, I just assumed that after he got out um, of jail for his five years, he probably went back to, to doing what he had to do, which was part of the mafia, started making some money, probably has to wash that money, launder that money somewhere. It's a little silly. Um, you don't, you know, you, you when you go to the annual mafia convention, you say, what do you do? I, I, I funnel my money through strawberries. But uh, the point is, like you said, he spent like $6.6 million or something like that. And he just bought a whole bunch of these farms in, in this area, has this huge controlling stake, ships it out to all the stores. And so he's either mentally deranged and he wanted to hurt a whole bunch of people, which I don't think is what happened. Or two, someone's trying to get back at him either for taking over the strawberries or something he's done in, in the past. And there's a saboteur somewhere on his farm or one of his farms because he owns several that is now doing this trying to ruin him but again it's as it's hurting his business i think someone's out to try to to, try to ruin his business and and again the the idea of putting strawberries and a mafia guy together that's not a movie i've never seen before and i hope to never see that movie unless we write the script but that is just the weirdest juxtaposition that i can think of I like, uh, well before his uh, strawberry days, um, he was charged, uh, just decades ago, he was charged uh, in Melbourne mm-hmm. um, over the cultivation of 3,000 cannabis plants. But the case against him collapsed when the main witness against him changed his mind and refused to testify. <laughs> that witness was sent to jail. Right. Uh, when he got out of jail, uh, Pasquale Cufari employed him as Aww. a tradesman to work on his million-dollar mansion. See, bygones um, are bygones. Nothing, nothing dodgy about that <laughs> at all. Um, could we could we reenact that conversation? Let, hold on, let's reenact that conversation. Okay, look, if you testify, mm-hmm. 
I'm going to have mm-hmm. you killed mm-hmm. if you don't testify. Oh, oh really? Mm. Yeah. You'll mm-hmm. do some jail mm-hmm. time. But mm-hmm. when you get out, I'm going to employ mm-hmm. you and take really good care of you. But hey, the choice is yours. Mm. Well, I'll, um, can I phone a friend? I really have to think hard about that one. You can't, but if you tell them, then I have Don to kill Kifati. them if I kill you. But go ahead, call anybody you want. A few years later, um, police raided his property, uh, discovered 6,000 marijuana <laughs> marijuana plants hidden <laughs> under grapevines. They seized 11,000 kilos of marijuana. Whoa! Um, Anyway, so, uh, yeah, fascinating story. Uh, but uh, beside the salacious aspect of trying to figure out, well, what is this mafia dude doing in the strawberry business? Right. Maybe he decided, he got out of prison, decided to go go straight. No, yeah. no I'm getting I'm I'm out of the weed business. I'm, I'm, in yeah. the, I'm in the strawberry business. Right. Um, just when I thought I was out, they dragged me back into the <laughs> strawberry needles. business. With needles. Yeah. Um, and who's putting needles in there? Uh, you know, um, is he using it to launder drug money, as you suggested? Um, what is some? Did he put needles in his own strawberries to crash the strawberry price so he can buy more strawberry farms and <laughs> drive the other strawberry manufacturers? Because I think Brilliant. the farms around his farm also had needles in them. Right. Um, ah. Wants to drive all the other strawberry operators out of business. Um, was it part of a protection racket? Is it one of his mafia enemies, as you say, trying to cause him some grief by by crashing his strawberry business for a week? Um, I don't know. But the big story here, I yeah. think, is really the fact that this guy who went to jail for being a drug baron mm-hmm. is now a strawberry baron and the major retailers are all buying from him. Um, He's a I Don Strawberry. Yeah. 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 The, I mean, the involvement of the mafia, Calabrian Sicilian mafia in Australia in the fruit and vegetable business is nothing new. It's not a secret. Wow. Uh, anyone who's had anything to do with uh, those operations, is, particularly in Victoria, where I used to live, has known about that for decades, um, So at least. So um, I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's more to this story that I don't think is coming right. out. And the way the media has portrayed the thing mostly here is, oh, you know, Food terrorists, the uh, Prime Minister ScoMo, uh, increased the penalties for what he called food terrorism. Oh. Um, but uh, the fact that, that there's a Calabria Mafia boss doing business with our major supermarket <laughs> retailers and is at the centre yeah. of all of this hasn't received yeah. an, enough yeah. media coverage uh, yet. So we'll... Yeah. We'll see how that plays out. Um, somebody's going to end up uh, with concrete boots on. I just wonder who it will be. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think this will come back to to the show in a couple of weeks or months. Something else has got to give. But again, like you said, that is just the strangest story. And I wouldn't put needles in my own strawberries because it brings all this attention. So I seriously doubt if it's him. But the point is, somebody's after him. Being a part of the mafia is scary, but when you're now the um, the Don Strawberry, um, it, you're not as scary, and people go after you. That's just a fact of life. Mm. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I've got a I pull up a story from before the needle uh, incident. Go back to uh, like August, so a month or five weeks ago. Um, one of our major retailers here, Coles, dropped the price of strawberries yeah. to a dollar for a punnet. And, uh, you know, the story is just like Joe Kufari, owner of Coles Strawberry Supplier, Donnie Book Berries in Queensland, said the limited time offer would help him move a mountain of berries that it might otherwise go to waste. Oh. Unseasonable weather in June and July slowed the maturity of our strawberries, but as the weather has improved, our production has accelerated to very high levels. Um, so they were getting a bit of press around that uh, before yeah. all of this happened. No mention in that article that, uh, you know, um, drug boss, member of the Calabrian Mafia, uh, well, Pat Pasquale, Pasquale Kufari. Right. Um, there, there, there's, you know, 
no connection between these businesses and the mob before all of this story broke. I, I just have... So, I don't know. Again, yeah. qui bono, as uh, our Sicilian mafia friend Cicero said, follow right. the money. I just... One last thing before we go. I didn't realize that basically all you Australians were basically the same. I'm sitting here reading this article, and in between the various paragraphs, there are little snippets or, or snide comments... Um, that the the writer has put into the thing, and I'm like, do y'all take the piss out of everybody? You can't even write up a news story about a uh, mafia guy and some strawberries without having little, you know, jabs of. Uh, in there. I, I just think it's a part of your culture that uh, I was surprised to see in the press. I love this story uh, in the Daily Examiner, a newspaper here that I've never heard of. Um, it's from uh, a week ago. It says, um, this is the reality of the damage that has been caused by the ongoing strawberry contamination. (laughs) The strawberry contamination saga that has been going on for over a week now, involving needles being found within individual strawberries across the country, is breaking the hearts of already struggling farmers. Donnybrook Berries, one of three Queensland farms withdrawn from the market over the needle scare, was forced to dump its stock and start again due to the trade level recall. Stephanie Chiang, who says she's the daughter of Donnybrook Berries' owners, opened up on her Facebook sharing how devastating the effects have been on her family's business. This is no doubt the worst thing to ever happen to my family, she said. Really? Your father going to jail for five years for being a drug dealer wasn't as bad as having to dump some strawberries. (laughs) Well, and that's bullshit because uh, um, Kufari has a Mercedes, the article said. His wife has a Mercedes and another relative has a Porsche or Ferrari. So I think dumping out some strawberries, they're going to be okay. I don't think it's that important. Uh, yeah so anyway something something going on here that we don't fully understand right. but uh you got to read between the lines a little bit yeah well that's the show yeah. for this week boys and girls uh don't believe the bullshit and uh we'll be back next week Bullshit. 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 Bullshit.